You're listening to the CCE Podcast. We promote civic engagement by highlighting the community leaders at UTEP and the El Paso region, while also promoting personal development and civic-mindedness. Thank you for listening. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for our second episode of the CCE podcast. Um, I'm Sofia Andritzos and I'm joined here today by my co-host Laura Quevedo. Hi Laura, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing perfect. How about you? Doing good. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. And so for this episode, um, since we're in the second week of March, Women's History Month, we're continuing with um, at the Center for Community Engagement, our theme of empowering women in the community. So we'd really, we're really happy to be joined here today by our leadership here at the Center for Community Engagement, um, Ms. Jenna Lujan, our Assistant Director, and Dr. Asuri Gonzalez, our Director. So hi, Jenna. Hi, Asuri. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, yes. Of course, of course. So we'd really like to start this conversation with, you know, your roles as leaders of the Center for Community Engagement. I think what's really unique about our department is that um, we're, we're honored to be led by two strong women in our in our department and most of our staff, a lot of our staff um, are um, women, young women um, pursuing their education. So would you like to maybe uh, speak a little bit about your role um, as women leaders of our department and how um, the CCE has contributed to, um, you know, staff development um, for, for women in, at UTEP? Yes, of course. Um, maybe I can start off a little bit with um, with our history and then maybe, you, Jenna, you can speak to some of our team and, and how many you know amazing people we have had uh, join us as well as your own experience. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you again for having us. Um, the Center for Community Engagement is definitely uh, a place that we call a home in many respects. I've been with the center now for 18 years and I started like you all as far as a student um, working at the center first in the community as an intern and then in the center as a student um, as an undergraduate assistant and then eventually you know full-time member back then we were led by faculty um professor kathy stout dr kathy stout who is now a, a, an emeritus uh, professor and she was our founding director and she was uh, an inspiring and amazing community leader who knew about mobilizing and about engaging people and about lifting voices up and she saw the role of the university as being one that needed to help support uh, in that effort. And so as an incredible and inspiring leader, she was also a mentor. And so I learned very much from her as uh, my professor. She was uh, my professor in, in several classes. She was also my advisor specifically for internship. Back then we had faculty who were advisors uh, for that per, uh, for that process. And then of course, the she was the director of the center. And so very early on, she said an amazing foundation for for much of our programming um we had uh, a number of programs that uh, at the beginning where we did research on women's issues in our community uh that we co-published with the ywca of el paso and then she led several grants and, and research projects that we contributed and helped with on domestic violence or or issues um, affecting women in our community. So we have a great upbringing and we had an amazing leader who set the stage for us uh, today. And so when I uh, 
um, took over as director in 2008, I, I really had a, a vision and a foundation that propelled me, I feel, to, to keep that um, mission moving forward and making our mark at the institution and in the, the community. Wow, right. it's great to see that story come full circle. And you, Jenna? Yes. Um, so I started kind of in the same fashion as Asuri started, um, and that is as a as a volunteer instead of a, a instead of an intern. But I was a volunteer with the center uh, one summer um, while I was in my junior year of undergraduate. I was studying criminal justice, and um, and I volunteered with a summer program, and I enjoyed it so much. And I believe I did a, a good job of helping out that Asuri offered me a internship um, with in working with the center as an undergraduate student assistant, just like like you are right now. And um, and then you know um, helped organize one of its uh, programs called the Just Read Program. And I really think that that's how I found my love and passion for education um, by working with the school district. Um, back then, that program helped um, college students um, become more familiar with the school systems. And so we had them go and we they read to young kids in elementary classes. And I helped um, organize and, and uh, work with schools to get students to go out. And um, I went out myself too a few times. And I think that's just really how I, how I was able to understand um, the mission of the center to um, provide for community-engaged learning opportunities for our students. And um, it's really found a passion in, in working with other students and working with schools and education and um, continued on with my master's in education. And um, before I was, you know, and got involved with other initiatives um, through the center, um, we hosted a conference. I remember for educators back then, um, we had more summer programs for young students in high school um, that I helped organize. Um, and um, before I was about to graduate, um, a full-time uh, professional opportunity opened up at the center and I applied for it. And um, luckily, um, um, was able to fill the position and um since then just have grown you know in then becoming a leader for other students that are working at the center um like yourself we've had oh gosh quite a few <laughs> student interns come through our center and um wonderful wonderful different you know from different backgrounds um from different countries from different majors um and so it's just been so inspiring and so great to be able to work with students from all different backgrounds and not only work with them, but mentor um, our students. I see myself and my role at the center um, as a mentor for all of our undergraduate students and graduate students who are working with us. And so not only are they helping us accomplish our mission and the university's mission, but I feel like it's also a sort of a classroom as well. So I still get to work with through you know my passion of education and um and teaching students as well um and so right now i currently serve as the assistant director and of course uh, my mentor and the person who i have really learned from who's guided me um in my growth as a woman 
um, leader, um, not only at the university, but in the community has been Asuri. And, you know, she's been such a, a huge, played a key role, I feel like, in my life in growing and learning um, and, and becoming the leader who I, I am today. So it's been, it's been a, an awesome growing experience from 15 years back to, to now and still learning. <laughs> wow that is so amazing and i mean it's easy to say 15 years but and then i feel like they go flying but i mean just coming back a little bit now that i'm listening to your pad and to your experiences that you've had i feel like it all comes down to just as getting involved like that's the way you started like basically just getting involved with something and then just starting growing from there right and i feel like some of us are like most of us maybe are listeners that are out there are just like well I have like this passion I have this sense that I want to do something but I have no idea where where to start what to do and that's basically what you did you just put yourself out there and so just to learn more to put yourself in that like leadership role and I feel like that's like really I don't know respectful like, that's something I can really look forward to you ladies that I can learn because I'm kind of like that too I'm like I'm so shy sometimes and I'm like well what if I don't feel into that position and what if I don't do like just the right work or what if I don't, I, I don't know, like if I'm just not the right person for that, yeah, but actually getting into that and like just seeing you doing this stuff and like just go for it. Like don't stop, just being unstoppable. It's like, yeah, so something that I admire from you ladies being like our, our leaders in the center. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I use as an example um, with my kids and with other other um, students is that the reason why I was even presented with the opportunity of being an intern, because back then it was a funded program. It was uh, one that you had to apply and be selected for. And back then we didn't have as much, you know, social media to to announce these kinds of opportunities um, is that one a coordinator from the center at that point went to our class to get our feedback on how to structure a survey. Um, I, I think it was a program on the Barrios 2000. We were trying to get some kind of sense of, of people's needs in our community. And he wanted to get our feedback as to the instrument itself. And I thought that was such an, an interesting project and so amazing to hear that our university was doing that. Again, I'm, I'm just an undergraduate at that time as far as, you know, having a sense of, of the larger picture. And after class, I went and said, you know, I want to help. I think this is really neat. And, and so I'm not saying that uh, I was shy or not shy, but it was a bit weird for me to go after class and just say, if there's anything else I can do to help, you know, please let me know. And at that moment, there wasn't anything else for me to help with in that particular uh, activity. But that same coordinator saw me in the hallway in the building of political science one time. And, and I stood out for him because I came after class offering my help. And because he remembered me, he said, hey, have you heard about our internship program? And I said, what internship program? So had it not been for the fact that I just went after class to offer a little bit more help and show enthusiasm, I might have never been seen in the hallway and said, hey, have you thought about this internship? So sometimes those little bits of, of, um, of initiative that we can show really motivate other people to want to offer us additional opportunities. 
So one of the most exciting things I get to see from you all at, at the center is when we see that initiative. Uh, we know that you all have your plates full. We know that you have so many things ahead of you. You all are light years away from uh, um, ahead of us than how we were back then. And the, my gosh, the, the, the sky is the limit for you all. So when we see that level of initiative, it is so exciting for us because it's like, what else can we offer you? Because there's so many opportunities, but we don't want to bombard you or we don't know to what extent you're interested. So just showing a little bit of that initiative can go a long way for your next opportunity or your next um, idea of what you can actually involve yourselves in and, and grow from. Yeah. And from coming from personal experience, I mean, like you can ask Rasuri, but when I first started, I think I was the shyest person ever. Um, speaking on the phone was scary to me, you know, talking to a community partner. And I remember one of my first tasks um, that I was given as an employer was, um, we need to find money to uh, reprint this coloring book. And I said, okay, I guess I'll find out. And, and that's what he said. Uh, we have a connection with Spectrum. But connect with them or Time Warner Cable back then. Connect with them and see if they'll fund it. And just like that, I was like, whoa, you're trusting me to do that? <laughs> and I did. And I remember calling, setting up an appointment, going by myself to the meeting, presenting the coloring book and coming back. And I was so proud. I remember I went to a city's customer and I said, okay, they give us $2,000. They're going to print it, <laughs> you know? And for me, you know, if I hadn't been given that opportunity or um, given that um, trust or faith, you know, even if even though I was shy and timid at the time, um, that really, you know, just helped me boost my confidence and think, you know, I could, I can do this, you know, I, I just, you just have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. And so having that person for me um, was, was really helpful in, in, in showing that, you know, I can, I can do more, you know, and, and I can get over my fears. Yeah. I know that for instance, um, I guess I, I, impactful things that have happened is that I remember watching a, a panel of, of women and, and listening to them. And they were talking about how none of them knew that they were going to be where they were at the moment that they were at that point in time um, earlier on. And to me, that was a huge revelation. It was like, what? You mean, you don't already know ahead of time where you're going to be, what company, what position, you know, it, it was, it was revealing to me to realize that when we picture successful women and when we see them up there with, you know, so much respect and, and, and aptitude, um, I, at least I did back then, I, I thought that it was by design, you know, that somehow they got there and, and it was like very well structured. And it was amazing to, me to learn that it's like, no, a lot of it happens um, by chance in, in that you seek opportunities and you look for those relationships and you look for opportunities to keep growing. So as we're discussing this, it, it dawns on me that it would be so important for our listeners and especially young women uh, to think about themselves as, as, as growing and as though you don't have to have it all figured out. As long as you're developing the skills, the motivation and the excitement, and I would say the love for what you do, um, that you're going to be able pretty okay you know just keep looking up and don't assume that those women who are already in you know powerful and strong positions got there you know immediately um as though it was sequential steps it was actually uh, as a result of them taking advantage of opportunities so i see you all as 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 those kinds of women that you'll you'll definitely keep growing in those positions and, and i can't wait to see where where you're going to be and you're going to be 
looking back to us and say, look at what we're doing. It's so cool. I didn't know. Yes. What oh my God. <laughs> well, I, I definitely agree um, with what you said, Asudi, that, you know, oftentimes, I mean, you don't, I mean, you can plan, you know, and you can have ideas of, you know, where I'll end up, you know, um, an outlook on a potential career, but it's crazy how I feel like a lot of things kind of fall into place, um, kind of miraculously that teach you, um, moments that teach you exactly what you need to know. I feel like at that stage in your life. Um, so with that, I'll kind of ask, I'll ask you both, um, now that you're, you're in a leadership capacity, you know, where you're at now, um, were there any, uh, stages in your life that you learned specific leadership skills that you use now maybe back then you didn't realize that you'd be using them in the capacity you're using them now but um any specific moments you remember stepping stones along the way that that helped you get to where you're at now oh my goodness yes and i'll tell you that um just even with asking that question i i, I get a reaction as far as I, I know exactly you know the moments that i had to learn and those were the challenges. Those were the moments when I wanted to crawl under a rock and, and hide and run away from that um, activity, task, or situation. Um, I have to be careful, of course, how I how I share some of these things, right? Because they they may appear as negative or or as you know damning of other uh, people or situations. So I can't give too many details. But I will tell you that um, at, at a young stage, I, I first had to realized that I looked young to so many people. And so people didn't take me as serious. And it was also a very interesting shift between being a student, because when you're a student, um, you get celebrated a lot. You get like, oh, you're so great for a student, right? You're so amazing and wonderful for a student. And then the moment you graduate, you become a professional. And it's like you're starting from square one. And all of a sudden, it's like all the, the accolades that come with being a fantastic, awesome student that gets invited to the table because you're an awesome student. All of a sudden, that goes away because now you're a professional and you need to build up your name as a professional. And so that realization was already like, whoa, wait a second. I thought I was cool like five minutes ago, right? And all of a sudden now, um, you know, I'm not being treated with the same level of excitement which is fine right so you learn that's one of the first things that, that i learned and then going to meetings and, and working through programs and then constantly being confused with a student as in like uh, you you treat you know differently right in terms of um the the level of professionalism and the level of agreement in terms of of, of what you're discussing with a professional and so i was you know, confused with students, or I was constantly not taken too seriously. Uh, so that was already something that was very difficult. And and so one thing that I I couple with that as advice is that be aware of your instrument. You know, your your body, your person, your voice. Um, everything is part of your instrument, and you may play music a certain way, but just you have to be aware of it so that with that same music you play it in a way that benefits you benefits your job um, but being aware of it is just so that you don't think you sound like a french horn and you actually are a flute right the flute is still just as beautiful but if you are expected to sound like a french horn you're always going to look like you failed so that's just kind of a, a, a metaphor that i use to say i'm aware of my instrument i'm aware that i'm short i'm aware that um I'm a young woman or back then I'm getting older. And then I'm also aware that I also come across kind of assertive and, and, and strong in my voice. So being aware of those things allows you to use your instrument in a positive way. Um, at least that's the hope and be aware of those areas that, you know, you might not be taken as serious, not to say that other people have the right to do that, 
But if you're aware of that, then you can work with that mm -hmm. and be stronger. So with that said, it also comes with it that young Hispanic Latina woman has also played a role in spaces that I've been in. And so when I've had to be the only Latina or the only young woman at the table, that also created challenges for me in terms of being able to speak up, make an impact, be taken seriously and work extra hard. So, but man, again, those moments were challenging, uncomfortable, uh, but those were the ones that taught me the most. So that's in a gist more or less what, um, what has worked out. So I would just say, don't shy away from those situations. If you want to crawl under a rock, that's probably the right moment to think through yourself to yourself. What do I have to learn here? What can I grow from? And and how do I keep moving forward? Jenna, what do you think? <laughs> no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I too have been, um, so when I started in this profession, I was pretty young as well. And um, I did, you know, was afforded opportunities to be at a seat at the table where I was in committees and boards um, outside in the community within the university. And I remember, you know, um, sometimes being mistaken, even though I was a professional at the time, I already had my master's degree, but still being asked, oh, so what are you studying, you know, or, and, and being assumed that I was, you know, still the, the student and not the professional yet. So, um, so that helped me, you know, kind of um, recognize my, you know, what, what I meant while I was at the table and, and what I needed to do in order for others to um, not just assume right away that, you know, I was the student or I was taking notes. And so um, I think that really helped push me in becoming, I like to call it the doer. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to learn. I wanted to be able to help and, um, and get things done and become organized. And so um, while I was at the table, I was always the one that I wanted to um, volunteer to help create something or um, I can, you know, schedule something or I can um, work on a, a flyer, a pamphlet, and I was going to figure it out you know, how, how to do it so that I can contribute um, meaningfully within the group. And I think through that, through um, uh, becoming that person who was reliable and able to create stuff or able to follow up, then that helped me kind of prove um, to others around the table that, you know, um, she's a key um, uh, person in our group or, or she can play a key role and we can lift her up a little bit more, you know? And so I think that, having that mindset um, while going into, you know, working with committees or working with groups um, and having a seat at the table um, really did help me um, grow and learn, um, but also be able to grow as a professional in the eyes of others as well and build my own reputation, I think. And I definitely want to want to say and give you all so much credit because I mean, without the work you know you've done the advancements you've made simply by just you know representing yourselves in these places where you know not many um you know young women or have we have the professional obstacles you know just by being there by by representing women at, at in these in these uh spaces i mean that just paves the way for for us and for our generation so we owe so much credit to you all um for doing that for us and then um, I guess a follow-up question to that would be, um, what do you think the outlook is for future 
um, for for women in the future who are going to pursue leadership roles? Do you see an outlook in our community changing? Um, do you see any any obstacles maybe um, not being as um, as uh, I don't want to say direct any that are so upfront that are apparent that are so apparent? Um, what do you, what do you perceive to be um, the outlook for for fe- for female leadership in 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 the future? Well, in many cases, it's it's already here, right? And and what's also, of course, exciting from a from a national symbol perspective is having the first female uh, vice president, and and of course that immediately starts to change perspectives, and and it gives you a visual of what a leader is that is outside uh, a white male or or uh, or a male. Um, so it's it's exciting to see those symbols, but it's it's a sign of the times as well as as to where we're going. So the female leadership is already here, but I think um, it is also important for us to think about the strategies that have been helpful to get there. Um, I we don't anticipate, and I say we as though I'm speaking for for a different generation of women. We don't expect, or we shouldn't expect, for young women from a different generation to go through the same struggles that we did. Uh, one imagery that that I picked up on as I was, you know, growing professionally was the concept of standing on the shoulders of giants. So there's been people behind you who have done a lot of the work, and you stand on their shoulders. But the anticipation, right, or the expectation is not that you expect another generation to stand on the same level as you are. No, they should be able to stand on our own you know, shoulders and, and keep propelling us up there. So my expectation is that we continue to stand on each other's um, shoulders and that we continue to lift each other up. And I also witness the amazing mentors that exist or, or even just female leaders that model uh, that amplification. So I don't know if you remember hearing about how the women in the Obama administration helped each other out because they noticed that they were being talked over uh, by male counterparts or or this notion that when a woman says an idea, that's that idea could be ignored. But then a male uh, person brings up that same idea and all of a sudden it's like, oh, grand idea. And so these kinds of dynamics were being witnessed around uh, the professional table with the uh, Obama administration that um, they started to uh, do what's called amplifying. So, for instance, Sophia and Laura and Jenna were here at the table and then say uh, Laura says uh, a great idea. When I want to speak and continue that conversation, I would say like Laura was saying this particular idea, I think we should also do this. So acknowledging and recognizing the source of that idea, amplifying it and attributing it to Laura is one of those ways that we can continue to lift each other up. So as far as outlooks, I see paying attention to those kinds of things, that, that kind of awareness um, as far as the the visual in, you know, uh, cues as well. Um, I remember going through, you know, a women's uh, training where uh, in, in Texas and somebody spoke about their child uh, being uh, male. And when they grew, when they were little looking at Ann Richards as the governor of Texas and asking his mom, have there been any male governors before? And so it's interesting that depending on what he saw and witnessed that there was a female governor, his question was, are there male governors? Meaning that we have a generation that hasn't witnessed so many male vice presidents that this will be so different that we have a female vice president that soon enough we'll have a female president that this will just be something that is part of our norm. So taking into account the techniques, the awareness of what we witness and what we see, uh, we can uh, further amplify 
And then of course, taking advantage of the changing times that give us those cues uh, that we can learn from. I think that we, we're on a good path, but of course, there's always lots of work to, to do. So that's why the, the awareness and the techniques are so important for us to, to uh, also put into place ourselves. Yes, and I would agree with us, Woody. There has been, um, you know, um, my experience in serving with women-focused boards. Um, as Woody mentioned, I was on the board of Latinitas. I served as the board president as well for Latinitas, which is a nonprofit organization that empowers young women in the community um, in Austin and and in El Paso, um, but also on the Women's Fund of El Paso, and and um, and it's been interesting to see how much um involvement there is from local women um in doing research to ensure that uh, we are meeting the needs of women during specific times you know and and i think research is very much important in hearing from voices you know on the ground um from women of all different backgrounds, um, especially within our communities uh, or the communities we serve and um, and learning from them what challenges and what issues and, and struggles are being faced so that we can help um, meet those challenges. And so I think there's been um, this, um, this shift to um, researching and learning more about about women's roles um and 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 by doing that we are you know serving the, the needs of women to make sure that that we continue to grow um and it's it's so inspiring because i sit on a on the women's fund of el paso board right now i, I chair the scholarship committee and um and every year we, uh, every semester we award um, local women um, scholarships. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, how a little can go a long way in just supporting and uplifting women, even by just acknowledging them, by just letting them know that they can qualify for a scholarship, that we reviewed, we listened to them, you know. And so I think, you know, continuing these efforts and more organizations um, such as the Women's Fund, such as Latinitas being available for young girls to participate in, um, college age women to participate in is gonna benefit us tremendously as, as a whole. Yes, and now that super quickly, now that you're mentioning it, like uh, all of us having super different backgrounds, we're actually talking a little bit into that uh, for the last podcast, our very first podcast for the CC. And every single one of us was from a different, extremely different field. However, it was exactly to see how different the women's roles were, was in each of them. And we were just realizing, for example, in my field that is SLP, I mean, I, I still see a lot of enrollment of just women into that one. So it's just kind of medical and like teaching kids and like kind of that stuff. I don't know if it's because like male are not like interested into that, but I, I do see uh, women involvement. But it was so interesting to see uh, from the other ladies, for example, for Landy or Sandra, that they were saying, well, actually, I don't see many women in like my field. And even Sophia, I don't remember exactly what the statistics were for your field. But yeah, now that Jenna was mentioning it, like, yes, we have many different roles, many different fields, and we can still stand out in each one of them. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it is about we can all stand out in each one of them. And I'm 
I mean, we have the capacity and that's what makes me happy the most, the most happy <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we all can do whatever what we propose ourselves to do. And like as Lily was saying as well, like it's just about us knowing our intru- instrument and how are we going to know what we can do? Putting ourselves, ourselves, I can't even speak today, putting ourselves out there. So that way we can know what we can we can do. And if we cannot do something, just learn more about it. Not just give up on it and be like, well, I cannot do that. I'll, I'll just leave it to someone else. No, like actually learning about it, like just growing ourselves. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And also, since we were talking, you know, earlier about the role of mentorships um, in this in this process. Um, I mean, it really, I mean, as you were saying, Asuri, you know, like standing on the shoulders of giants that have, that have come before us, mentorships are crucial, um, especially as women for continuing um, on the professional path and to continue to keep growing and to, to have a seat at the table, maybe at in places that we didn't have uh, before um, in conversations that we weren't at, present at before. Um, but I think mentorships are, are huge. And in, in kind of in reference to that, um, for, for this podcast, we like to ask one kind of more informal question to kind of get a better sense of, you know, um, cause I feel like it, it definitely sheds light onto, um, the topic at large and, and to kind of your, your, your advice for, for this topic. So, um, a question we had was, and it kind of relates to mentorships is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received if you can or a great piece of advice you've ever received sure um let's see so there's been several and and right now i'm blanking out um on on her name unfortunately so i'm gonna have to search it while jenna answers her her question and i'll just because i want to give credit um but it's a first female african-american um astronaut um, Jameson, I'll, I'll come back to her. Um, she was at a conference as a, at a Texas women's conference and, and she spoke, uh, about her mom giving, and always, I will always give credit to moms about her mom saying that if you have a seat at the table, why mind your manners? And what I heard in that, and that's how she explained, you know, for, for those who have issues with table manners, right? It's not necessarily, uh, quote unquote disruption or, or that you should feel uncomfortable with that, but picture a table of individuals. And if everybody at the table is behaving the exact same way, why did it matter that you had a seat at the table? So assuming that the table is one where you're discussing something of importance, something where you're contributing to a larger concept or issue, you know, if you're there, then it better make a difference. Otherwise, then, then why are you there? So sometimes being there, it requires that you actually speak a little bit differently, that you bring up something that might be uncomfortable, something that nobody else is seeing, but you see it. And that's the other um, thing I would add in here as a, as a side note is that uh, trust yourself and realize that there's a lot that people don't see that you see. There's a reason you have a perspective. And oftentimes we assume if nobody has said it, it's probably because everybody already knows it. And I have learned throughout my years, many, many times that I've spoken up and said something, I have affirmation and validation from people that say, oh, I'm so glad you said that, you know, that is so great. Or I always like to hear what you say because I didn't think about it that way. 
So the things that I thought were so obvious, I realized that I was actually bringing a different perspective. And so that's something that I keep on on, on reminding myself and that I love uh, sharing with students and, and within my classes is that there's a reason you're at the table and it better matter. It, it, so don't mind your manners, make sure that you're speaking up, make sure that it, it made a difference. Otherwise, you know, stand up, kindly remove yourself from that table and let somebody else take that seat because that seat is so important. So um, that would be the advice that I'd like to amplify uh, from uh, from uh, the, uh, the first African-American female astronaut. And I think it's Jameson, um, but I'll confirm it. Jameson, I think. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, who who said this? So I will always appreciate that and continue to amplify that advice. Okay. So um, there was um, a part of a point in my life where I was having uh, a lot of difficulty, um, personal issues that I was going through, and um, and I was um, I just came across, I, I don't remember how, but I came across this book called The Four Agreements. And so if you haven't heard of it, um, I definitely um, recommend you look it up, The Four Agreements. And this book kind of helps give you four, four tips in life that you can follow to help um, the way you think about things and the way you lead your life. And maybe also you can help me remember all four of them. But um, one of them is, is ask questions. So always um, don't make assumptions, ask questions. Um, you know, if you're unsure about something, um, sometimes we like to build stories in our head about what, you know, um, what's happening or what's going to happen. Um, and um, to help, you know, not build those stories, it's always important to ask questions and clarify, um, clarify things. The other one is, um, um, it's um, your best, try your best. Always try your best. Yes, um, no matter where you are, no matter what situation. And I think that's definitely helped me. Um, you know, I think that from all four, that might be my strongest because I feel like no matter what, as long as I try my best, um, then I know that that I that I did a good job. You know, I, I know that I, I, I don't have any regrets, right? And of course, your best can be different at any moment, right? Your best, you know, can be, you know, on the hard days is going to be very different from when you're doing really, really great, right? And so recognizing that as well. Um, as I want to say speak with kindness, but I know that... Be impeccable with your word. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Impeccable with your word. So always, always um, be true um, and, and, and um, with what you're saying and what you're speaking. So don't just be very... Um, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, I have a, I have a trouble with this, but I'm always impulsive. <laughs> and um, and so always, you know, make sure to um, say what you mean, okay, and not not out of anger or, you know. And then the last one is um, the oh, don't take things personally. That's probably the hardest one for all, but the most beneficial when you realize. Or think about a situation where you're experiencing it that it's often more reflective of the other person than it is about you so we can usually hurt ourselves when we take things a little too personally so that's the agenda you can maybe yeah, speak no. <laughs> yeah and and yeah like i said that that one is is the hardest too sometimes for me because you know when we encounter conflicts especially 
we like to think, well, what did I do wrong? What, you know, what, why are they treating me like this? When we have to, we can reflect and think back and think, oh, no, wait, you know, that's their behavior. You know, um, maybe there's something going on with, with somebody else. And so, um, and I think that's what he also recommended um, that I, that I read the book, but um, I think I was just, you know, researching self-help books or something back then. And, and I, to this day, you know, use those, you know, when I'm having great moments, when I'm having hard moments in my life, professionally, personally, I always um, go back to the four agreements. And so I would highly recommend, I think his name is Don Miguel, Ruiz. Don Miguel, Luis, Ruiz. Don Miguel, Ruiz. Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz, who, who wrote the book. And so for all the listeners and you all, um, I would highly recommend um, reading that book. It's excellent. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. Oh, my God. And I mean, one of the goals for this podcast is for us to be transparent. I mean, we know that you're like our bosses, but we want you to see. We want to see you as as well, like, well, not our friends, but as a mentor, as, yeah, like just mentors, as a person that we can go to, that we can just have that confidence to talk about pretty much like anything just uh, related to work, like maybe just a piece of advice, just like you were telling us right now. And I think it's like really helpful helpful um for that I, I mean as well i have several times heard that one that don't take anything personal even if it is I, that part added even if it is i think that puts takes a lot of pressure off of us a lot a lot a lot a lot even if it is like a person is doing something personally and you're like well you know i'm just gonna relax like and like jenna one time told us in the office like we cannot control what other people do or how other people react or what other people say so it's not like i can be like oh i wish you didn't say that or something like that but it's like okay you know what it's his time maybe he's just having a hard time right now it's okay i'm good i'm gonna keep my peacefulness in me and just keep going because sometimes taking things personal just stops us completely from keeping us working keeping us being comfortable in the things we do and it's just like just changes our mood and I don't know, something like that. And that aspect of control, right? It's the, you know, you have to look at, look at what it is that is within you. And so that's kind of where, where I think the, the four agreements and, and what we've been discussing about is, 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 is that focus on the self and focus on what you can accomplish, focusing on what's within your reach. And it's kind of not allowing yourself to feel as though the external forces are, are what's going to dictate you know where you go so it's really empowering so going back to our, our our concept of empowering or empowerment is that understanding what role you have in 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 every aspect or to what extent you can at least um address your your way of receiving information is important and i'm just going to throw in there maya angelo in her quote about um if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change your attitude uh, and most of the time that quote ends there, but I know that the original one said also don't complain. So, um, you know, if you don't like something, then do something about it. Right. And so make sure you do and, and change things. But if change is not possible because you can't change, for instance, other people or, or, or sometimes systems take a little bit longer to change then change your attitude towards them, because that attitude can go a long way um, as far as keeping you motivated, as keeping you optimistic and not feeling victimized per perhaps, um, but rather thinking about, you know, what kind of empowerment you can pull from uh, to move forward and, and, and again, create, you know, a better situation for yourself and others. So all good stuff. 
Definitely. Thank you so much, um, both of you, for sharing your words of wisdom with us. I know personally, I live for conversations like this, you know, whenever I can have the opportunity to um, just learning from, um, from those who have come before me and from mentors, like both of you, um, it's just absolutely invaluable and provides so much that just is so much help than, um, that you, than you can imagine. So thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today and for joining us in this conversation. Um, it was such, it was such an honor and a pleasure to, to have you guys on this podcast. Yeah, I'm also going to tell you all right now that, um, there's definitely some humility with knowing, you know, and, and giving respect to those that have come with us, but also realize that you're there right now too. And you're already a leader and you already have much to pay forward and you already have enough to teach us too. Um, so uh, in our culture, it is so wonderful to appreciate those that come before us, but also realize that right now you can already be mentoring or are, are already mentoring each other and you're already mentoring us as well it's a difficult concept sometimes to accept and realize that i'm mentoring somebody that's older or or is already accomplished it's like yeah that mentorship really can be reciprocal so we thank you all because you all are amazing and you inspire us and and just even hosting this podcast i'm like oh my gosh you all are so cool i wouldn't even think of doing so back then so you're all awesome and i'm incredibly proud and excited um with your accomplishments so thank you for inspiring us as well Yes, and hopefully we can have you for so many podcasts later on uh, to talk about th several different topics and different perspectives on each of them. Because I know there's like a lot of experiences that you can teach us about and like our listeners as well. And I am so very excited for this podcast. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. Thank you all. So that does it for this episode today. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's listening to our CCE podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify and check us out for future podcasts and as well to follow us on social media at UTEP CCE on all platforms. So thank you everyone and have a good one. Bye.